Hello and welcome to the Fence End podcast. Uh, right, okay, so a bit of a different one, and I'm I'm sort of slightly nervous, uh, but we'll we'll start with the the sort of bog standard boring stuff. Um, Fraser, you're here. Yeah, Hello. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, and Simon, you're here. Hello. Hello. I don't know if I'm bog standard or boring. <laughs> well, that's that's the name of your double act. Um, <laughs> Some music hall act in the theatres, that. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for a music hall. Um, yeah. So, uh, right. Uh, it seems like about four years ago, but it was only a couple of months ago, we announced that we had a, a meeting with uh, someone who lots of Oxford fans are a, a big fan of. Um, and that he was coming on a podcast. Now, we decided we'll wait until after the MK Dons game <laughs> and then announce him <laughs> then, uh, which turned out to be a bit of a mistake, and we're fed up of waiting, so we have him here today. Um, now, it is the, uh, it, I think it's fair to say, world-famous Ox blogger, um, <laughs> but when we announced it, loads of people sort of said that they were they were sad he's a real person. So with that in mind, Ox blogger, hello... Hello. Uh, and would you? How would you like to be known? Well, uh, yeah, I had the same 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 uh, reaction when I saw the, um, you know, the response on Twitter. Um, I, I think I probably need to stay anonymous just for the benefit of other people not wanting to know that I'm a real person, although I am a real person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we will just call you Wax Blogger, and I like that. I'm going to say that now. That makes me happy. When we come to edit this together, what I'll do is put one of those sort of weird voice sort of synthesizers, put them through one of those synthesizers <laughs> so you, you, you know, purely anonymous, a yeah. silhouette mm-hmm. against the window. Absolutely. I'm going to put this out there. You can get the celebrity voice changes. So I'm thinking either James L. Jones, Morgan Freeman or Attenborough. <laughs> Attenborough, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> so do we, do we call you Mr. Blogger or? Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's not go there. Was everything all right in your dressing room? Did they sort your right? Yes. Yeah, the blue skittles were taken out. It oh, was fantastic. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I yeah. did tell <laughs> someone to do that, yeah. yeah. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, OK. So I don't know where to start, really. Um, wh- uh, what made you start... Um, or what made you decide I'm going to write a blog about Oxford United? Let's Let's begin there. Right. Um, well, I mean, I, I started quite brilliantly um, at the end of the 2006 season um, when we'd just been relegated. So we were at our lowest ebb and um, and uh, we weren't playing football. So I decided to start a blog. But the main the main reason was that um, I used to go on to the was it the This Is United forum. And the conversations mm. used to rattle along at such a speed that um, uh, they used to rattle along at such a speed that, used, that, we, um, that I couldn't keep up and I couldn't get my point across. And what I, what I was thinking was, you know, I, I basically had more to say than I was able to type. Uh, so I thought, well, why not have an argument with myself? And that, that, that's where <laughs> the blog came from. Um, so I started writing it then and it was really it is just a primarily just for myself just to get ideas out and thoughts out and that kind of thing and it and and people seem to like it and and that's fantastic you know so how long how long did it take before you had like a, a fan base uh sort of following you that you thought actually i know people are going to read this and people are enjoying it so uh, i mean twitter made a big difference so i joined twitter again 
right at the end of uh, the 2009 season. Uh, my first tweet was at the, I don't even remember, the Northwich Victoria game um, of Wilder's first season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that made a big difference, you know, in terms of people following um, and, and people uh, accessing the blog. Um, that made a big difference. And then I got a, um, I, was, I was quite lucky, I was picked up at one point by um, The Guardian, who wanted to um, uh, explain the Oxford Swindon derby. And apparently my uh, post went some way to doing that. And so I got a load of traffic from that. And so it's just, it just picked up from there, really. Um, Twitter's the big thing. Yeah, that's 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 given me the, the, the platform, I suppose, to, to talk to other people. But it's I still write. I still write for myself and I, I, I don't follow any particular rules and I don't think about, you know, who um, who I might offend uh, or, or, <laughs> or whatever or, or drive traffic or, or whatever. I just I just like writing stuff. And, and um, yeah, and it's picked up. It's, it's, it's fun. Is it is it difficult when you do get people um, giving you. I'll say negative feedback, but essentially a, a, a lot of opposition fans, <laughs> whenever I've seen something negative, it tends to be from, from a team we've just beaten, yeah. um, give you some sort of negative um, response. Oh, yeah. I mean, for every nice comment, um, you know, it only, yeah, if I get 100 nice comments, um, and that would take some time, but if I got 100 nice comments, <laughs> if I got one, if I got one horrible one, that's, that's, that's awful. I hate it. Um, I did a post, um, I can't remember when it was, but I did a post about how much I hate Luton Town a few years ago <laughs> and got absolutely taken to pieces on it um, uh, by, surprisingly enough, Luton fans. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, and and you get a tiny sense of what it's like to be trolled, and it's and it's awful. But, but at the same time, um, this season uh, I wrote about uh, when we lost to... Uh, Rotherham um, at the Kasaman, um, I got loads and loads of I said it was basically saying how good I thought Rotherham were that day and, and I, I got loads and loads of really nice comments from Rotherham fans saying you know this is a this is a really well balanced piece it's great you know we're great and all this kind of stuff and that's that's nice as well um, our Oxford fans don't tend to disagree you know that the Oxford fans are nice people it's the Luton fans you have to watch out for <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon Fraser do you have anything you wanted to, um, to ask at all yeah I get um in, in a lot of the posts you do there's there's sort of a a, a theme in the background so you, you did one um around Christmas time where you linked a load of games up or it might, it might have been no it was one game it was the game um i can't remember with the opposition but it was where josh ruffles played a back pass at the very end of the game and we almost i think it was blackpool i think it was Blackpool. it was yeah Blackpool. Yeah. yeah and you sort of linked it up to a family christmas um you sort of used that as a, as a metaphor for what you're trying to get across i just wonder how you is there a way you come up with concepts like that or is that like sort of asking a songwriter how they write a song is it just there <laughs> and you can just do it or can I can I quickly chime in and say I've got two quotes, um, one of which is from the South End game, and I think it, it is along these lines. Um, so I've got this one was quoted quite a lot on this podcast <laughs> um, and uh, among several things on Twitter. 
while others celebrated, Brown lay on the turf like a dying bumblebee, having fulfilled its biological compulsion to protect its fellow bees after a sting. At that moment, we needed that discipline and simplicity. And then one from uh, a, a blog that you've just done about football at the moment saying uh, there's a steam engine at the science museum where you can see the cogs and pistons working in a mesmerizing synchronicity uh, i was scared about reading that word but <laughs> I've, I've, I've made it through uh, this week we've been exposed to the inner machinery of the football league um it it's like someone opened up the flying scotsman to find it powered by elastic band sellotape and custard <laughs> so that, i mean those two are, are both phenomenal but i think that's the sort of thing you're also referring yeah, to yeah, isn't it yeah Fraser? yeah exactly that yeah so, so i mean my my primary objective on those sorts of things is just to make people laugh i just want I, I just want to come up with the most ludicrous analogy i can think of um but it, it's just a way of kind of describing what i what i see so that, like the marcus brown one for example um goes back to a I, I went to um, one of those falconry displays years ago and they said um, that there was a, I think it was a golden eagle. Is that the biggest of the, all the eagles? I don't know. Mm. So it was a golden eagle or something like that. And, and it basically flew across everybody and then it had to ascend up to the top of a tree. And the person who was commentating said, oh, if you can't get up to the top of the tree, it's basically knackered. And... Um, He's so powerful that he uses so much energy that uh, that if he can't get up to the top, he won't be able to fly back again. He'll have to stop for a bit. And I always thought, you know, Marcus Brown is such a physical uh, phenomenon. You know, he's so powerful. And yet, even when he was with us last season, he would have these bursts where he would just blast everybody away and then he would have to stop for a bit. <laughs> and I always thought that was, he was, but he's basically this golden eagle. And then the golden eagle analogy didn't work in that situation. And then I then I was trying to think about kind of what were animals that, that sacrifice themselves. And I, actually, although I say it's the bumblebee, I think it might be the honeybee. You know, <laughs> um, no one questioned it. Yeah. No, 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 I did. I, I think def we definitely need to put the date back. It's got to be, hasn't it? <laughs> So, so a lot of it comes from sort of silly little tidbits I pick up over over time. I mean, the the Blackpool one was all about um, a tweet I'd seen about somebody saying how fantastic it was on Christmas Eve to be with your family, and then by Boxing Day you're sort of scratching each other's eyes out and yeah, wanting yeah. to kill each other. <laughs> and it's just so true. And I thought, and that that week had been the week where we had gone up to Newcastle. Um, and then uh, we sold, and that was all lovely and warm, and that was Christmas Eve, you know, that was a really fuzzy, warm day, everybody together, nice, nice outcome, all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, and then we sold uh, uh, Baptiste and Fossu, um, which was kind of the, that was the, 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 the awkward comment by your dad or your grand, you know, the slightly, maybe the slightly racist comment or something like that. And then, and then we all kind of like, kind of got back together at Blackpool and it was sort of like, well, you know, we're still friends, aren't we? I mean, we, despite what happened, it's okay, isn't it? Everything is okay. And it was okay for a bit. And um, we did go behind and that was a bit wobbly. And then we, um, and then we took the lead, I think. And, uh, and, and it was like, it is going to be okay. If we get through this, it will be fine. And then, Josh Ruffles did his part, his back pass, oh. and and it was that moment that you think, if this goes in, 
the whole place is going to collapse. Yeah. This is the big argument. This is the this is the end of the family sort of thing. <laughs> so I just I just thought that was I just thought that's how it, you know that's how it sort of came across. It just developed from there. And, and that, but as I say, it's mostly about just trying to come up with the most ludicrous yeah. analogy I can come up with and, and see if I can make it work. Yeah. Oh, great. I think it's wonderful though because you've got. Um, I think if you look at our last few managers, you've got a great um, sort of plethora of, of different interview techniques after the game uh you've got uh wilder was was very sort of brutal then appleton was very collect uh, sort of calculated in what he was saying uh then you had pep well obviously you had waddock in between but i can't really remember that um <laughs> then you had pep sort of saying whatever his management were telling him to say and now you've got um essentially a fan uh talking mm. after the game and with some of them, like under the map era, even when things were going badly, I, whenever he did an interview, I would listen to that. And if we'd just lost, I'd listen to what he said and think, yeah, OK, I can I can see that. I'm feeling a bit positive again. Sometimes, particularly under Pep, I haven't felt that at all. I'd listen to the interview and, and probably feel worse than I did before, especially when we've just lost 7-0 and he goes, oh, they did well, though. Um, <laughs> you You take a day... And you phrase it all in such a way, I will read it and go, oh, do you know what? The the birds are singing and the sky is blue again. Oh. So thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's just nice, nice that people feel like that. But, but I, I mean, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to really what I'm what I'm trying to do. As I say, there's no real kind of agenda. But there, there's a couple of other things that one of this is around. I really like um, on The Simpsons. You know how the Simpsons opening scene is completely unrelated to the rest of the story. Yeah. And somehow. Yeah, yeah. So they stuck. And so so one of the things that I tend to do and it's just, I don't know, it's sort of an act of self-harm on my my part is I see just how far a run up I can make to get to the point, <laughs> to get, you know, to get to the point I'm trying to get to. Um, so so that's that's one of the things. And then the other thing is. Um, is that I really like um, the way that American sports tries to create myths and legends out of their, you know, their, their, their sporting heroes and that sort of stuff. And if you read stuff um, about baseball in particular, it's, you know, it is full of this kind of language of, of myths and legends and, and, uh, and those sorts of stories. And that's really what I want to, paint just because we, we're not sort of etched into the national consciousness doesn't mean that um you know we don't this doesn't mean stuff to people and it clearly does mean stuff to people so you know it's it, it's just trying to it's just it, it's first and foremost trying to promote or express what i think but it's you know it's also trying to capture now increasingly trying to capture how it feels i suppose to be to be a fan of probably of any football club really but but ours specifically yeah i mean that it, i i still thank you regardless <laughs> <laughs> whether it's um for you or everyone else and um, when i i don't know if you've ever had any thoughts about stopping or when you do stop are you gonna recruit an apprentice or <laughs> how's it gonna work yeah well well I, I nearly did stop um the uh the when i did stop uh, when I nearly did stop, I gave myself at the end of uh, 2014-2015. Is that right? 2014-2015. I mean, uh, imagine stopping then. You'd have yeah, been yeah, yeah. after the next season. 
So for the first time, I chose at the end of that season, I chose not to go to a home game. Um, where I've missed home games because of other, you know, other things like weddings and things like that. But but I. I've never chosen not to go to a game. And I chose not to go to, I think it was against York. And I chose not to go to that game. I was utterly bored of it all. Um, and, you know, the writing was was a little bit kind of, it, you know, it, it takes time and, and all this sort of stuff. And then um, I said, right, I'd give myself one more season. It wasn't just about giving up writing, actually. It was about giving up the, my season ticket. I thought it'd be more fun, perhaps, just to go to big games. You know, big games, big cracks. And I like those. But but going on a Tuesday night when there's four and a half thousand people there and, you know, losing 2-1 or, or whatever, it, you know, it was just it was just a sort of miserable experience. But as you say, and then we had the greatest season we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and did you that renew, ruined everything. Did you renew your season ticket? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I, yeah, I, I gave myself one more season. Oh, sorry, I, right, I, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'd still thought, um, I, I, if I'm honest, I still didn't fully trust the regime that was in place, you know, because, it, it, you know, when they when they took over, it was pretty aggressive. And I thought, this is just another one of those owners. And, uh, you know, another that it, Appleton had didn't have a great uh, track record. So he just knows some guys. These guys are in it, whatever they're in it for money or something. And, I, and, and the results weren't coming through and we churned through 40 odd players and it was just a bit grim, really. And I, and I thought, I'll give it a season because I've been a season ticket holder since about um, 93 or something like that. So it's a big thing to kind of give up. Um, but uh, but yeah, I gave myself another season and it was that season. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I mean, it, it, it is that Godfather line, isn't it? Just when I thought I was out, they, uh, they yeah. called me back in. <laughs> yeah. You but caught we, me with a mouthful of tea then, Fraser. Yeah. It nearly went if you everywhere. Do a, if you do a blog now based on the Godfather, can we work out a royalty there? Because that's yeah. kind of both our ideas. What would you say uh, in your time doing the blog is your highest point? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, the the... In terms of people reading stuff, obviously the big games are the ones that that, that people read and, and respond to. Um, so so it, it's probably no real surprise it's uh, 2010, you know Wembley 2010, Wickham, um, the the uh, the Derby wins. It's all of those sorts of things. That that's when you get you get the responses, you know, and and that's what's that's what's really nice. Um, I, ju- I just and and I, I like the um, I like the weekly hit of getting a few comments here and there on Twitter saying that they liked what they, I wrote and stuff like that. I, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't wasn't a little highlight every week. Um, Have you ever thought about phoning in to Radio Oxford? We don't know that he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> No, I tell you what I have done though, and maybe this is something. This is a future collaboration we could do. I did wonder about uh, writing a radio play of the phoning, and because you guys do, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on board already. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so predictable, and there's so many patterns, and the, you know, the, the, and that kind of. I've never phoned in, 
I've never phoned in. It, it's I'd be one of those people that would phone in and say, and they go, oh, just uh, you know, it's uh, Oxblogger from uh, Oxford, and uh, and what have you got to say? And you go, well. Um, well, what do you think, Jerome? Yeah, I'd be one of those. <laughs> I was like, why did you phone in to ask Jerome what he thought? He's just been speaking for two and a half hours about it. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll tell you an odd thing about the radio. I've, I've spoken to Selfie before games a few times, and, and most of that was in the 14-15 season, and every time he spoke to us, we lost the game. <laughs> so we, we now avoid eye contact whenever we walk past. <laughs> but um, he does this thing where he will, much like you said about the Simpsons opening uh, scene, he will start a question. And as he starts the question, he's go, he goes, um, we're playing four four two at the moment with uh, Hilton up top, for example. He'll start the question that, that way and then end the question at the last minute going, so do you think we need a new right back? At, <laughs> at which point you formulated an answer in your head because you're like, oh, right, he's talking about Hilton up top. Uh, OK, I'm going to say that he um, is uh, he, he's great when he just has to be instinctive. But when he overthinks things, he, he's likely to miss. I'll say something about that. Then he hits you with the right back question and you've got to go, um, uh, a right back. Well, it's obviously somewhere we need filling, but uh, I think our defence are in a good place because they're training with Danny Hilton and with Hilton. And then you work in what you were thinking about. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how much that happens on the radio, but um, but it, well, in terms of the phone in. But that's definitely happened a fair few times to yeah. me in a pre-match thing. Um, I assume your lowest point was probably the 14-15 season from what you said before. Yeah, in terms of the, I, it was just, it was just miserable. I know it got better, and and but but I'm pretty slow to these sorts of things. I kind of dwelt on the early part of that season, and and it was just it was just such a chore to go to games. I found uh, maybe everyone else was loving it. I don't know, but um, but you know, it was just a. It was just a, a slog, um, and and the blog on top of that it makes it kind of you know this is just you have to write about it, which just sort of make <laughs> it doubly doubly bad. Um, but even going back years to things like the um, uh, the two thousand two thousand uh, the last season at the Manor where we conceded a hundred goals and and that sort of thing, um, uh, and we were relegated uh, just before we came to the Kassam. And I, I didn't feel as miserable then as I felt with that particular season. That was just, it was just, yeah, it was just exhausting. I guess it's, it's kind of like if we, um, if we have a second wave and have to go back into serious lockdown, when things start looking up and then they go, oh, actually, no, we're back to square one, that will feel worse than the first time when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to mention mention the whole situation <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to when you talked about Christmas. Anyone like who's worried now about the five or six days at Christmas that they spend with their family? That's nothing. Yeah. That is. It turns out a few months is a, a bit worse. Yeah. Um, three, Simon, months. do you have any questions? Because I I know we've we've been asking away. No, no, that's fine. I I was sort of interested, obviously bringing it back to to current times and what's going on at the moment i don't know if did your blog about the weighted points per game and points per game that seemed in my mind you were kind of picking up on that before it became a big thing about how we might end the season and and obviously you're you did a lot of research or a 
you know, a decent amount of research into how seasons in the past have played out from this point in the season, whether weighted points per game, points per game, you know, and, and there was, there was some kind of uh, comment I'd seen on Twitter that the, the club had picked up on your sort of research to use that in the, in the EFL. Do you know if that was, did that happen <laughs> or, or have I, I miss sort of misremembering things? God, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> 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 it's me mucking around with an Excel spreadsheet one Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but like you say, that's probably more than the EFL are doing. <laughs> well, I just wondered whether there was a way of trying to figure out which was the most accurate way of predicting the end of season. Um, mm. And uh, and then I started thinking, well, obviously we've had loads of seasons which have run up to that point. Um, yeah. what then happens afterwards how important are those last nine or ten games and it turns out that I think um, I think I said that with a weighted points per, uh, per game it's about 80% certain where mm. teams are going to finish by this point in the season um, which is uh, you know it's pretty it's pretty high and then the, the, the weighted against the points per game does make it slightly higher not by very much but 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 slightly higher um, and so yeah and so I started off by actually just looking at I was going to look at three seasons and then it ended up looking at 10 seasons um, because that's kind of the stupid thing I do um, <laughs> although it does it, it to me it seems like a logical thing to do is that you can mm. you, you can figure this out statistically and I'm sure there are people who can figure this out even better in fact somebody on Twitter claimed that they could get something up to 99% certain which which would be phenomenal but i'm not convinced um yeah. <laughs> but you kind of think why that that must should be the way that the efl if if you know if this pandemic goes on which it looks like it might and and there is going to be no way of finishing the season or you know if we don't if we don't want to extend the season into the autumn you you would think the efl would look at right how how what's the most accurate way of predicting it well look back at previous seasons apply the various methods to previous seasons, see which comes out most accurate. And at least that gives them a little bit of, well, we've, we've looked at the figures for previous seasons. This is the most accurate. So this is what we'll go with. Yeah. You need, you need some kind of evidence base because, yeah. uh, you know, I've just, I've just posted a, a blog about the response, uh, from, um, uh, you know, other clubs, um, people like Peterborough, South End, who could so plainly are making a point to benefit themselves, and it's so baseless. The arguments are so baseless. Um, there has to be a way, a way of cutting through it. Um, and 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 this is, as I say, there's, there's there's a stack of data out there which can show which is the most um, accurate. And not that anybody wants to get to that point. Obviously, I mean that's not really why anybody becomes a football fan no no um and and that's and you know that's one of the one of the things i think probably one of the reasons the club oxford have, have, have stepped back a little bit from suggesting alternatives you know too publicly is because it's it's a backstop it's a it's it's like you say if if the lockdown goes on longer and it becomes intolerable and it's impossible to play the games then you've got to come up with something uh, but, but yeah, the, the, um, just asking the clubs to say, which is best for you, just, is, is just not, you come up with 23 different <laughs> yeah. 
ways of finishing it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 And understandably, you know, clubs will, will vote for what, what best suits them, you know, and which that, is where, like you were saying, you know, that, that analogy with the Flying Scotsman and the AFL is absolutely spot on. It's, it's weird that they, they're kind of base. And it's in, it's interesting when, when things go so, so badly wrong in a, in a sporting event or a sort of, you know, a season like this where completely unprecedented, Oh, yeah. that word, that Sorry, word, that yeah. should be a pan in the jar <laughs> That's right there. That's a pan there. in the jar, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in these time, these uncertain times. But it, 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 it's when, when you get that sort of critical stress on an, on an organisation that you kind of see whether they've, whether they're fit for purpose. And at the moment, it just seems to be, oh, okay. I didn't realise that it was just down to the clubs to make the decisions on how to do it, and they, the EFL will then just implement them rather than the EFL saying. This is how we will do it. Yeah, and, and, and even more than that, the divisions within the, the football yeah. league. You know, each individual division gets to choose how they end the season, which just seems mm. seems ridiculous to me. And and, and although uh, you know what's happened is in some senses kind of unpredictable, it it was also very predictable. You know, something big could happen at any time. Mm. That could be. I mean, even at the start of the season, we had the potential of having losing two we lost one club but losing two clubs from a division and there was no thought about well how would you how do you resolve you know the after you know the the problems that Mm. that that something like that causes but if you had i don't know for some reason but five or six clubs went to the wall or um you know a, a a huge um um, betting scandal suddenly emerged. How do you resolve the season when you suddenly find out that a load of games weren't what you thought they were? All those sorts of things. Yeah. What's the system of re- resolving that? And for me, it it comes to it's it should be very simple. Is that pe- people propose things and then people vote on things, and the thing that's most popular is the thing you go with. And mm-hmm. and and it's only in the last few days that the EFL seem to have made that point. <laughs> But, but uh, it, well, if there is a big betting scandal, I'm sure Peterborough bosses would would have plenty to say in terms of how that should result. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well, Barry Fry's got a bit of history in that area, of course. But, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favourite player, uh, either current or former, for Oxford United? Well, I think, I think, you know, Joe Beecham is probably the the, the player that ticks every box you know when I grew up growing up watching football you know players were or you wanted a player to be born in in your um you know in, in your town and to have to do to be just you know one of the best in the country as he was at the time and so to have that on your doorstep and to and despite the wobble in the middle you know the the loyalty as well that was that's a big tick but I kind of I, I like workers more. I you know I, I kind of admire uh, people like I, I, you know I'd never go as far as saying they're my favourite, but I like people like Simon Clist, you know people who who probably worked a lot well did work a lot harder than me, um, and uh, but but also could have been me. You know, if they hadn't, if they'd been as lazy as I was, they'd probably be watching the game rather than playing it. <laughs> you know? So, so I, re- I really like this players. I like, I like players who graft, and and I suppose the the, the player that really comes, um, you know, who ticks both of those boxes was Danny Hilton. 
you know Hilton was a you know a, a real kind of that it was the graph that I really liked about him and the, the the fact he was so flawed as well um that I really liked current players um I, can I intercept I, oh, and quickly say Luton Towns Danny Hilton <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just to I give you that devil on your shoulder <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know if, I think we've talked about this little uh, Twitter clip on on the pod before but if anyone hasn't seen it there's a wonderful uh, Danny Hilton's in the in the park or in his back garden with his kids, two or three of them, and he's got a football at his feet and he kind of indicates to the kids, run away and I'll kick the ball for you. And as they're running away, he perfectly executes a chip onto the back of, I think it's his daughter's head, who's probably <laughs> about four years old. She's toddling away and he's just gone, knocked her flat. And it's like, he's not, you just know he's not accidentally done that. No. That's absolutely, he can't even help it with his kids. You know? like, he has to be Danny Hilton. He's got a ball at his feet. He has to Didn't be Danny Didn't he book Hilton. the ref once? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He yeah. dropped his card. What? What a day. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, current sorry, player. Sorry, <laughs> Oh, uh, in terms of current players, um, I guess I did a, I did a thing probably ill-advisedly just before, um, just before the lockdown, kind of a, a Twitter thread about players' responses to coronavirus, um, which probably now is probably <laughs> really bad taste. Um, but uh but but james henry was was the one that was uh you know being all very um community minded and uh checking on his neighbors and buying them supplies and stuff like that and and that's james henry who it just seems it seems really a nice dependable kind of guy i'd quite like him to be my dad i think you know although 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 I'm probably about 15 years older than him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love James Henry. Um, I, I know that he's won Fraser over, but Fraser, you were undecided for a while, weren't you? If there was a pound limb every time you brought this up, you'd be a millionaire. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to keep on. Um, <laughs> I wasn't convinced at keep first. Keep on bringing that he up. Was my, and then... um, what, what Michael Appleton was to Oxblogger, he was, what he was, he was that to me. <laughs> For about yeah, for you, about you also... for about six games, and then I was like, oh, he's all right actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then you sided with refs. Yeah, well, I still and do so, side with refs. Know, I'm still in that camp. I don't no, I don't side with them. I why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I going down this road again? I don't Oxblogger, listen, right? I don't I don't side with refs. I just think they've got a slightly tougher job than they're often given credit for. <laughs> they've got a point. <laughs> yeah, got yeah, to make. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm I too am in the camp of you know if it's late on ref that's a fucking penalty. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. gone gone all the way through without any sort of expletives. Sorry, and Ed. Then, Sorry, bam, Ed. There it is. <laughs> they did it on the on um, the official pod, so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they they went straight out with the cursing. <laughs> yeah. But talking talking about sort of that response to refs, and it is something that kind of plays on my mind is that you know when people do kind of absolutely kind of berate refs and, and so they're cheats and they're all this kind of stuff so do they genuinely believe that is that is that something that gen- people genuinely believe it's a bit like Liam, you know you... people who stand in the... sorry go on no no i was just gonna say liam have you got paul on speed dial there can we can we get <laughs> <laughs> sorry carry on <laughs> I was just, it's this idea that the referee is going i know i'll do I'll um yeah I'll, dra- I'll drag down Oxford today for the, no obvious reason you know it wouldn't doesn't benefit them at all but yeah that <laughs> yeah. 
And then, and then the other the other one that I can't get my head around is um, standing on just on the, that side of is it I don't know what it is is it netting on the north stand um, barracking away fans. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> is that, is that are, are you are you genuinely standing there thinking I'm going I'm going to kill him? I'm so <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm so angry at that person from Rochdale. Did you did you go to the Rangers game? Oh my god! (laughs) Because there were people kicked out within ten minutes. Everyone who was at the Rangers game will know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Oh, it's unreal. A pre-season friendly (laughs) against a team that you will not play because they're in a different country. (laughs) And he got kicked out after ten minutes. Unbelievable. And then his mate did late on in the game. It was. It was yeah. bizarre, but that's it's not it, the, like that is all clubs for some reason have some fans will not even look at the football match, will just be looking at the opposition fans or turning and looking at their own fans. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you hate to was, see the, what's behind you. Ipswich away, wasn't it as well? There was another a little group yeah. in the in the behind the goal, sort of down in front of where we were in on on the side at the end there. Uh, yeah, another little group, just constantly, you know, waving arms. Yeah. The, years ago, I I went to uh, we played Chelsea in the cup, not the not the one where we conceded in the last minute, but a couple of years before that, and we lost two one. I was at university, and as I was coming back, I came back from London, so I was travelling with the Chelsea fans, and it was it was a pretty nasty atmosphere. I got there late, and and there was a load of Chelsea fans in the London Road and stuff like that, and they were all kind of. And, and and we scored and that caused a problem and then they equalised and and then it all kicked off and it and the police couldn't get them out of the London Road and it was it was really uncomfortable the whole thing was really uncomfortable and then I had to get a bus back to the station with with them with the with with a bunch of Chelsea fans and they were, t- were chatting afterwards and they went you know it's it quite a nice uh, day out you know uh, good result uh, good performance <laughs> and a bit of a ruck and it was like. <laughs> Is that is that is that the, the tick box exercise you go through every Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe I'm completely, you know, I'm, maybe I'm the only person who finds that a bit of a funny funny thing to do. I don't know. No, I I personally love games like I'll, I'll always talk about the Barnsley Wembley game. Um, on the way there, was chatting to Barnsley fans. Watched the game. We lost it, but I really enjoyed the the spectacle. On the way back sat with a load of Barnsley fans and chatted about the game. And it was it was really nice. It was a really nice day. And it, I'm not saying everyone should just be friends outside of football. I like the rivalry and stuff. I like it when we play that lot down the road and, and there is that sort of buzz and stuff like that. But I also don't like being beaten up and going to jail. So. <laughs> that's, that's completely unreasonable. On, on, on um, overhearing people, have you ever been at a game and someone's, t- like two people are talking about one of your blogs at all? And you're sort of overhearing it. Uh, I don't think I have actually. I I have um, I've seen people reading my tweets, oh, which okay. is really weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, not not reading my reading my blog. That'd be an interesting one. I've, I've, uh, and this isn't promotional, but I've just been mucking around with t-shirts at the moment, and people have started buying some t-shirts with uh, which are you know, with the uh, Ox blogger and things like that on it. So that might be an interesting one to see oh, people right. walking around with my T-shirts <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. merchandise line. I hadn't thought about that for the fence then. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? 
<laughs> yeah, well, I did. I did wonder yesterday whether we we, we could another collaboration. Maybe we could uh, we could come up with a high Tim T-shirt. <laughs> oh, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. There, there you are, Perfect. Tim. Yeah, you've been mentioned by Chris McGuire. You've just been mentioned by Ox Blogger, mate. Um, <laughs> like this is. We could do fishing equipment, and it could be called the Fence End Podcast. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put a gap in there with a little bit of tumbleweed sound effect. <laughs> Do you know what? Fishing puns are difficult, but I thought I'd tackle them. Oh, um, yeah. oh, there we God. go. Uh, do you have a favourite manager over your your time sort of blogging? I know there have been quite long stints, but it's essentially, uh, I... what is it? Wilder, Waddock, Appleton, Peck or Carl? Uh, uh, yeah, on top of, well, Jim Smith as well and... Oh, course, Darren yeah. Patterson yeah so it does there's quite a few of them I think there are it's difficult to have a favorite particularly but more there are, there were bits I liked about all of them um and perhaps if you put them all together maybe not all of them but a lot of them together yeah, they would they would make my perfect manager I, you know I, I, I love the fact that that Michael Appleton was analytical and um objective and calm and all those sorts i mean he looked like he might kill you but at the same time (laughs) or take out a dugout (laughs) (laughs) but it it, you know paid to my that played to one of my sensibilities i guess um and i was i always thought pep clotet was was kind of he he was just he seemed like a really nice man and then i realized it was a bit more of a it was quite a groomed um uh you know persona or by his PR company or whatever it is that looks after him going back to now Jim Smith's time at conference in the conference I don't think was not great but the but obviously going back to the 80s you can't look beyond Jim Smith um but I you know I really like Carl Robinson I I didn't particularly but I think like I think you said earlier he's he's a fan he does get that bit and and I like that and I don't think another Oxford manager or I can't think of another manager who understands football clubs in that way. And um, and sometimes it gets better of him, you know, especially when things are going badly because he wants people to like him. But I, I do think he gets it. And I think he's really shown it in the last, you know, over the, during this period with, um, you know, all the, the just the way he's sort of conducted himself, the, the talk about, you know, looking after fans. Um, I, I think he's probably doing a lot in the background uh, with yeah, uh, players phoning up fans and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I I don't think I could quite say yeah he's my favourite and I would always go back to him. But I mean I'd definitely go back to the 2015-2016 season and I could relive that every year for the rest of my life. I think. Um, so <laughs> maybe, maybe it's Michael Appleton. <laughs> But, but... Um, yeah, we we did. Uh, there was a stat came up a few pods ago. Um, so I don't know if you've heard any of our sort of more recent ones, but only five managers have ever got us promoted. I did hear that. Yeah, and it, and and that actually that did surprise me. But but yeah, it's um, it's it's a tricky job. <laughs> so I I genuinely think Carl Robinson will be the sixth. Mm. Um, but I didn't realise how much of a big deal it was when Appleton did get us promoted to join that. <laughs> that list with Jim Smith probably at the top of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's quite, um, 
quite a, a high profile list when you look at it and you see Chris Wilder on it and stuff like that who's obviously done well for himself um with with your sort of affection for Carl Robinson there are you optimistic for the future of the club I think uh that the again this period sort of and I think I might put it in a I don't want to con- uh, constantly refer back to blogs <laughs> but um but I, I, I put it in a blog about about how you know, if you take the football away from the club, you you see what the club's about. And I think mm. anybody who was sort of not trusting those running the club, I think hopefully some of those kind of uh, fears have, have gone away because I think the club are, are, are really sound. But they're dealing with a, a legacy with things like the stadium, which goes back 20 years. You know, it's it's. And, and, that, and that goes back even further. You know, the, the issues with the stadium go back to 91 and Robert Maxwell dying and Oxford being plunged into financial difficulties. You know, it, it sort of goes back and back and back. So they're dealing with a lot of history, but I think it's in good hands. I think the, the, probably the biggest challenge, which is always the biggest challenge for the club, which, which is that at the end of every successful period, there are bigger clubs ready just to pick pick your best players off and even your best managers and even the staff in the background. Um, and that's why, you know, this particular period is is frustrating because this this was the moment, you know, this, this was the moment. And whether we'll get that moment again next season, I think is still up for debate. Yeah, I, I personally think uh, Carl Robinson would be good at galvanising so if there's this great, come on, we should have been promoted and sort of rallying the troops, I think he's a good person to have at the helm. Yeah, and I think there's a really healthy culture. Did you see the BT Sport thing? Um, What's it called? Was it unmiked or something? Uh, yeah. 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 And and the culture through the club that that promoted, you know, the, from, the, from the senior players, you know, Jamie Mackey, who's another player who I, I absolutely love because he's a because he's a grafter, um, but there's Jamie Mackey is a is you know he's a pro he is a prof you know he's a proper pro and so you know John Massinho and he's got his senior pros there, right then through to the to the juniors and there was a whole thing about probably um, not advisable now at, at the moment but there was a big thing about shaking hands, the clubs the players had to shake hands with each other all the time and, and it was to get the young players in particular to sort of engage with more senior people because yeah we all take it for granted but imagine being 18 19 years old and suddenly you're thrust into a a professional football game and expected to perform and you're expected to perform with John Massino in your ear and Jamie Mackey in your ear and all this sort of stuff and and so this kind of whole ethos the club has about you know growing people as well as growing players I think um yeah and we'll we'll you know keep us in good stead and, and and will help reduce the impact of just players being picked off because of the sort of financial realities of where we are. Yeah, I I, I don't think that necessarily means that we can't uh, improve. I know that you're not saying that we won't improve because of it, but when you look at teams like Southampton, they're still that, but they're top flight. Um, and there are sort of teams that are the development side of things. Obviously, West Brom, we, we picked a few from. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I see that, and I can't sort of wait until the next person that gets the offer. So I think Bino was probably the last one, gets the offer to get some more money 
and goes, no, I'm I'm happy staying put. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a yeah a, a big test, um, and doesn't happen very often. I, I mean I I wouldn't blame a single player, for, you know, including Baptiste and Fossu for for going to bigger clubs. That that makes complete sense. But um, and in a time when loads of clubs are in real difficulty because of the lockdown stuff, they actually may have saved us by going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That mm. in in that sense, the t- timing couldn't be better. Um, and and Fraser with his hatred of James Henry <laughs> and supporting referees was like, why don't they just wait until the end of the season? That's why. That's why. <laughs> I'm not. I couldn't predict this. Unprecedented. Before we go to the uh, the the final questions, um, Simon Fraser, do you have any more sort of football ones? Um, no, I think you've sort of answered all the ones I was thinking of. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, it's been it's been very interesting to hear hear the man behind the yeah. words. Um, <laughs> so, uh, bourbon or custard cream is the first one I'm gonna hit you with. Oh, okay. okay. I was listening to I was listening to your uh, your. Um, you can pod, say berating pod. of Robin Cowan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems slightly taken aback. So, what, so what, am I, what are my options? Custard. See, I would probably choose a custard cream. I would say you're correct with that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm a proud custard cream fan. I like a bourbon. I just prefer a custard cream. Um, uh, full English breakfast, beans or no beans? Ah, right. You see, uh, this has been... I've been mulling this over for about 24 hours, and context is everything, I reckon. Okay. You see, well, so the the way... If I was cooking this at home, then I need some... Um, moisture in my cooked breakfast and and i can make that happen with from an egg the egg the egg provides that opportunity whereas if if you go to a hotel where it's been sitting under a lamp for four and a half hours and the egg's gone hard the beans are useful to bring that moisture but you bring it in later as a kind of it's the equivalent of bringing on an impact player you know (laughs) Um, you you don't you don't don't want it soaking up the um you don't want it soaking things up from, from you know, yeah, on, you don't want to. You doors. don't want a beanie hash brown. No, no. soggy toast. Yeah, a- absolutely. You don't. You don't want to be doing that early doors. You want to be uh, waiting until you know late, late in the late in the meal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Context. I, I, I'll happily <laughs> happily listen to that for the same reasons I like a ramekin. And I know cat folk that slagged me off on Twitter, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> And finally, uh, are there any annoyances that shouldn't annoy you, but you get annoyed by? Um, if you've listened to recent pods, you'll have a fair idea. But for example, Fraser doesn't like being told that his shoelaces, his shoelaces are undone. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yes, I did hear that, and I did wonder how often that actually happens. But so... yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not all the time. Um, it's not even. <laughs> it's, it's maybe like once a year, but even that is just. Yeah, I don't know. It, it really. Oh, it's just it. Yeah, when it's it, knowing that knowing that it's going to happen must yeah, be. Yeah, it's awful, it's you know it's yeah. like, it's the same as the anxiety of thinking they're going to remember to not put beans on this. You know, I, I'm just sitting thinking <laughs> if you tell me these are untouched. But the thing is, it's like 
sometimes people think they're untied when they're just not tied that tight so they're a bit loose do you know what I mean so it looks like they're untied and I'm thinking do you know oh, what I've a few things will now. come together <laughs> from this pod and you'll be recognised at some point and some random fan will come up to you <laughs> and go oh your shoes are untied yeah, oh, Councillor God, Webster no. why have I, <laughs> like, why have I everything this? will be merged together <laughs> uh, See, at least that's more likely to happen than somebody coming up to me with Bonnie Langford so <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just carrying her around randomly in yeah. case uh, yeah a cardboard cutout is that more annoying than going around with her um so oxblogger do you have any along those lines so uh, so i i think i've settled on two if if i'm allowed to absolutely uh so the one one is uh very is is football related but the the first the first one is around sharing i i'm a real I, i really struggle with sharing um okay so uh which is obviously a very nice thing to do but it irritates me when people want to share stuff are you talking about sharing food i assume you're yeah yeah i, I assume you're not talking about sharing thoughts as you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no very practical sharing so it's so if you're if you're if you're with friends and you're you're getting a a takeaway or something oh, like that right, so yeah. can, I yeah. have, can i have half of can i have half of what you're having so, no you can't yeah correct correct <laughs> because they'll always take They'll always take more than half, and yeah. then then you haven't got what you want, 100%. and that just seems wrong, you know. Mm. James um, Corden's right in Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. rant yeah. is correct. <laughs> yeah, and Joey and Joey and Friends. Yeah, it's an unnecessary friction to have to share out things which are that are already provided to you in portions. Yeah, uh, mm. and in equal portions, it's just completely unnecessary. And people suggesting it does irritate me. And then the other, okay. the other the other thing that is very reasonable and um, and quite a nice thing to do, but actually irritates me. And this is not this is probably the wrong time to be introducing something which is probably quite controversial. Is minute silence? The minute silence, Ooh. the addiction to a minute silence, Ooh. is uh, in, so, uh, on. There are occasions, don't get me wrong, where it's completely justified, but I'm pretty sure we do them. Yeah. far more frequently than we used to yeah it used to be a really rare thing and now it's it's in every you know every scenario and 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 it comes to back to football's kind of self-importance i don't think it's a club thing but it's just it's the self-importance of football that it must it must be you know that be part of the community you can cut this out if it's, <laughs> i know. like that answer. no 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 i, like I think it's spoiling the brand I, you know I, I, you can cut it out no i think <laughs> i think what you're kind of saying is the importance of a minute silence is so important that if you do it too often it dilutes you, it yeah yeah that yeah. that's exactly it i mean there were there were times you know there there have been times at the club you know martin aldrin died martin aldridge died and i think we played Blackpool, who was one of his former clubs, the weekend after, and that really meant something. And obviously, when Jim Smith died, you know that that meant something. But it's it's a sort of I don't know. It just seems to be more and more frequent. And and I would, I mean, saying that I wouldn't have missed the Portsmouth uh, minute silence at Fratton Park this season oh. for the world. That absolute shambles that yeah. they they came up with, um, and. And, and and the pressure to want to ask people whether this was supposed to be happening. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. And yeah. not being allowed to. Yeah. yeah. You, you start, I started to think, how long do we need to stand here before, before yes. someone can say, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, this this isn't going right. There are no, 
there are no players here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For a sort of similar reason, and and making it very current, um, the applause at eight o'clock on a on a Thursday evening. um, The person who uh, sort of coined the idea um, has said that this coming Thursday should be the last one. And then it should become an annual thing as appreciation for what they've done throughout this pandemic. Because if we do it too often, it becomes, oh, do you know what? We're all doing our bit. We clap on Thursday nights and it it dilutes it, as you say. So those the the person who thought of that idea um, and sort of introduced that idea, I would say agrees with you on that one. Yeah. And I can I can absolutely see that. I mean, around here, the, you know, people come out and they clap for 30 seconds and and all for very good reasons and all that kind of stuff but it's mostly about having a chat in the street you know and um mm-hmm. nobody's being disrespectful or anything like that but uh yeah if you if it just sort of loses its meaning over time i think um and that's that's the case with the, the minute silence as well yeah and as a football fan those i mean i've, I've been doing the applause but I, but as, as a football fan i think there's an awful lot of people who go out and, and they're waiting for a referee's whistle at one you know <laughs> and then you know to be able to say come on you know like yeah. like you would do if it was a, a you know a game it does feel a bit do you yeah, know weirdly it's kind of too too vague it's my, too vague the start and it's too vague the end where does the minute start and finish my favorite thing about a minute silence is hearing all of the chairs flip up at the beginning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love that I, like yeah. there's this great we're all coming together for something yeah. um yeah. but i i do i get with a lot of things that if you if you highlight the whole page then nothing is highlighted yeah i think that's probably what i'm getting at. that's a really good way of putting it yeah i, I do I, enjoy Ox the blogger um, has just said that that's going on my <laughs> <laughs> i do um I, I i do also uh, you know like the the seats flipping i i do like the people coming in late singing and suddenly <laughs> realizing realize they they they've made a terrible terrible mistake and they should uh, yeah should, um on uh, uh on remembrance day uh in the past i've been in a supermarket and it's gone to 11 so everyone stands still and uh and in their own space and does their reflecting and uh a little old lady who obviously had lost track of time went up to a guy that was working there, stood quietly and went, where are the oranges? <laughs> <laughs> and he just like, it just sort of like, uh, it like stayed, stay quiet and didn't know what to do. Looked a bit rabbit under headlights. And you're, the oranges, where are oh, they? God. And so he sort of like, uh, sort of beckoned her to shush and kind of like nodded his head towards where the oranges were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on uh, today. Oh, thank you. Um, we'd love to have you back on if if you ever fancy it. Yeah, well, um, when we're playing football, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, you've already said hi, Tim, but hi, hi Tim. Tim. Uh, hi, Tim. And, yes, hi, Tim. and yeah, so many, so many listeners. We're we're thankful to have, and uh, hopefully this is helping you through uh, the days of nothingness. Although we can now go back to work, or maybe up to Durham if we fancy it. <laughs> satire, satire, satire. <laughs> <laughs> twice that's the thing Barnard, Barnard Castle is very nice being up there it's lovely <laughs> yeah. not recently I hasten to add no. many many years ago in every part of the world um, control yes <laughs> um, stay <alert. laughs> wow that turned very political at the end um, uh, yeah thanks very much everyone for listening and yeah thank you Oxblogger uh, it's been a it's been an absolute treat well thank you very much thanks for having me
Cool. Thanks very much, everyone. And goodbye. Cheers. Bye. The Fence End Rodcast.